0: Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers podcast. Living large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co-host today, Dave Anderson. Our producer, William Jeffries. And our guest extraordinaire,
1: Sophie Kreutz.
0: And today we'll be talking about pre-mortems, how to run one, and is it worth it? No. (laughs) Oh, wait.
2: Just off the
0: gate. Off the (laughs) gate.
3: William's out here to say no. Don't do it. Right. Yeah. Right out of the gate. Like we, we've got a tiger. Up yeah, here. We, we have a tiger. He's, he's no paper tiger. He's, he's the real deal.
0: <laughs> uh, but, well, well, uh, well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Before we start introducing the items and to run a pre-mortem or a pre-mortem in itself, can we define what is a pre-mortem? Am I even saying that right? That's a question. I ran to an article online. And you know, so I've done. I mean, I'm sure everyone in this room may or may not have had a post mortem before.
2: Uh, post mortem yeah, is where totally. you cut up a dead body, right? Yeah. And Pre mortem and would be you cut up a live correct. body.
3: What it is
1: kind of. Yeah. It's
3: it's a very morbid like
1: yeah. anti mortem <laughs> like
3: metaphor. It is,
1: isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because it is right. a dissection. Yes. wow
3: no poor little frog buddies Uh, having a flashback to like high school bio oh man shout out to carl the frog
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so postmortem is after i guess your epic or this feature that's been out for some time and you discuss you know you can run a postmortem with five whys and try and identify the things that went well what didn't go well and what to do not to do it again
3: Although if it's a mortem, then that implies that something went very wrong, and someone needs to be blamed. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, <laughs> just don't do that. Don't 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 go finger. Pull. Don't make the meaning of like, okay, who's responsible for this, and are we going to throw them in the ring of fire or for?
3: Yeah, I mean, capital it feels punishment. Like ideally, yeah, ideally you're not doing capital punishment, but it does feel like there's a risk of that because like something has happen potentially that's very bad and you need to figure out why it happened and how you can stop it from happening again
1: right so i guess part of the theory is that by i guess having the bravery to address these kinds of potential scary issues head on that that's going to ultimately help us
3: right yeah you don't have to blame anybody because it hasn't happened yet
1: Right, but you can imagine what blaming them would be like.
3: I think Bobby's uh, up to no yeah. good.
0: I think Bobby's going to sabotage something. <laughs> yeah. Bobby, you need to watch out, Bobby.
3: <laughs> I feel like this is one of those like social deception games, like Secret Hitler. <laughs> yeah, like, which one among <laughs> us will betray us? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I vote nay on everything. So... Being able to identify problems that may arise in the future is the purpose of a pre-mortem, I guess. With a, do, so like for a postmortem, I think Dave, you mentioned before, you would run a postmortem at like something. I wouldn't say catastrophic. That's like that's like wild. But like, say something broke or went down, and something unexpected happened. You would have a postmortem to talk about that particular thing and what we can do to remedy that and what was the situation how do we fix it so it doesn't happen again but how do you do that with the pre-mortem do you do that with do you do a pre-mortem with like a particular feature or epic that you're building or you do like oh pre-mortem on like oh today we're gonna talk about i don't know the pipelines what could happen what could go wrong and do a pre-mortem on that like how do you decide what to pre-mortem now, William, I think uh, you may have had some experience in this. Did you do a pre-mortem for a feature specifically?
2: So I've done pre-mortems for big launches, which, you know, I mean, everybody knows big launches are a bad idea, right? So you kind of already know something is going to go wrong. So it's pretty logical, you know, easy target for a pre-mortem.
3: Right. The risk feels high. Ah, I see. So it's
0: like during the release of this, of a large part of your application, which isn't agile, I would say, right? Because like you want to release things as small as possible to get the feedback as fast as possible. You have three different things that you would need to identify in a pre-mortem. And I'll go over one of them. I'll, be, I'll go over all three of them, if y'all are interested. First one you have to identify are tigers, which we mentioned earlier. William being the tiger in this topic saying, no, it is trash. Uh, a tiger is a so clear A clear threat.
1: Spread. William is the clear threat
2: here. <laughs> the clear threat, exactly. A clear threat that will hurt us. a paper as- tiger. You don't need to worry about me. Uh,
1: <laughs> just origami.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, tiger is a clear threat that will hurt. If we don't do something about it, we need to do something about William. No, well, you're more than fine. Stay, stay on the call. <laughs> don't, don't drop. A paper tiger is an ostensible threat that you are personally not worried about, but others might be. So I guess... Um,
2: paper tiger is one, just a lack of creativity in animal naming. We already did yeah. tiger. Come on, step up your game.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. What would you choose instead? Would it be a snake in the grass? What would it be?
2: I, th- I think probably, you know, we, t- tigers, it'd be easier to swap out the tiger than the paper tiger. There's like a lot that of scary animals. Sense. Maybe a bear?
1: A Bear. Oh, yeah.
3: it a black... It's for the North American audience. Yeah.
2: A black bear,
0: or So we, we, it's a ferocious animal, a paper animal, I guess. And the last one is an elephant. Go ahead. Oh.
3: <laughs> or it could, it could be a brown bear, a black bear, and an elephant. Grizzly. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> grizzly yeah, because gri- yeah, grizzly yeah grizzly bears, brown bears are like very scary, mm-hmm. and they will mess you up if you encounter them. Black bears Gossel. Could be a threat, but like, you know, most of the time you don't really need to worry about them as long as they're not, they've not learned bad behaviors.
1: <laughs> right. Maybe it almost teddy seems bear. like, ooh, teddy bear, very good. It almost seems oh, like the paper tiger is like an echo of the real fear or something like that, like an emulation of it, like a ghost of a real concern. That's maybe what they're getting at, right? Like being
3: right. Paper. I guess if you have like the right lighting, like yes. maybe it's casting the shadow. That like, ah, someone else yeah. is looking at. They're they're yeah. all in the cave, like Aristotle's cave. Or <laughs>
2: oh, I
1: see a tiger! In some and, or the Plato's cave. <laughs> kind of hand signal against the firelight. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, oh, I know that that's a paper tiger, but other people are like, but that's a big shadow. It's scary. Yeah, no, yeah. and I'm I mean, you guys used
0: a bear example. I, I'm still terrified of any bear that I would encounter. I don't expect to see bears. In the Bronx, I don't see expect to see bears in Westchester County. So if I encounter one, I will be terrified. Just so you know. What about a koala? Uh, that bear, bear,
3: that bear's coming. Oh.
0: Drop bears.
3: Drop bears.
0: <laughs> Drop bears. <laughs> Drop bears. <laughs> uh, no, no, those are terrifying. No, 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 no. Any kind of bear. No. <laughs> the last one of the three items is an elephant. I think the that one elephants are terrifying too but they're extremely dust. I find them to be a docile creatures as long as you don't mess with them right don't don't bother elephant elephant you know just be elephant be big and large is the thing you're concerned the team is not talking about like the elephant in the room as the saying goes
3: Yeah I feel like I feel like this is like the yeah this after the saying but Maybe, uh, but elephants, I guess they're a little dangerous, but
0: elephants hippos are, are scary. Are the real threat. Get charged yeah. by an
2: elephant, they're I'm, for, I'm no, telling no, no, no. you, it's not, it's not,
0: yes, they are, they're huge. I mean, that's oh, Dave was gonna say, like, hip, hippos are, are ferocious, and oh, yeah, hippos are, are the worst, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they more, yeah, that a lot more humans die from hippos more than I can imagine. And every time I hear that fact, I'm like, wow, like, that's a lot of humans who. You know, like fall on the hungry b- hippos? Yeah, like like so, the hungry hungry hippos is a real thing, bro. Like you people have to be careful with hippos.
1: And perhaps uh, our tigers are actually hippos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we just didn't know.
0: There you go. All right, so right, so idea now that, that we thoroughly th-
2: derailed the entire conversation.
0: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> the, what, t- what is the postmortem? So the idea is that you grab these three – people are supposed to come up with these groups of things. They're tigers, they're paper tigers, and they're elephants. And everyone, you know, kind of like a postmortem, like I imagine you would get sticky notes with those three colors, and you put them on the board for five minutes. And then you group them together, and then we you talk about all the potential problems that may arise – then need to talk about action items on way to solve for those things.
1: If I were to play devil's advocate here, I might ask a question like doesn't it seem like you could have an elephant that's also a tiger and so on.
3: A tiger elephant? A telephant? Um
0: it's elephant,
1: possible. Right. I
3: guess, well I guess the distinction is that like the elephant goes unnoticed or like has has a lower profile and the tiger is like has stripes is
1: clear. And, like
3: it's in your face. Okay. Yeah. At least in the in the metaphor, it's like a clear probably mm-hmm, thought like
1: mm-hmm.
3: maybe everyone's like worried about performance on the website when it launches.
1: Right.
3: Like people often talk about that. It could be a tiger or a paper tiger, depending on like maybe you don't have that many users that will, will hit potentially hit this. So maybe you don't have to worry about performance right away.
1: I see. I was yeah. thinking so it was like the elephant in the room
2: is the thing everybody knows about but isn't actually talking about whereas the tiger is hiding in the bushes and is gonna eat you so like if you're in the pre-mortem and you want to draw somebody's attention to something that you see is a danger but that no one else sees as a danger that would be a tiger and if it's something that everybody kind of knows is always a problem but that we just don't talk about like the performance on the site is always bad and we're launching a huge new set of features that's going to make it even worse it's like we all kind of know this okay and we're we're just we just don't talk about it because it's you know. Baseline.
0: Sure. Yeah. So, William, you have experience and you mentioned before, in, in pre-mortems. Did you find them helpful? Why or why not? Could have been an email. Could have been an email. <laughs> Tell us about that.
2: You know, I think these, these are structures, right? And if you apply the structures well, they can be useful. And if you uh, apply them in situations that they're not appropriate for, then they can be a waste of time. I mean, it's a tool. I think sometimes people will find a hammer and then everything starts to look like a nail, and meetings are expensive, and people tend not to put as much emphasis as I think uh, is often warranted on demanding time from a very large group of people, especially if you're doing a really big launch and you have a really big team. You're talking about, you know, 12 different people talking about something for an hour. It also, one of the metrics for success is how much action is taken as a result. I think one strength of the post-mortem is that when something bad happens, everybody really wants to make sure that they understand what happened and that if there are easy things we could do to avoid that same problem in the future, that we, we follow through and take those actions. Whereas when the threat is theoretical it can be difficult to motivate people to actually take any real action. It's like, okay, we had a meeting. We talked about a lot of things that could maybe go wrong. But also, I have a job to do and a lot of other responsibilities. And, you know, maybe none of these things will come to pass. Also, I kind of was already generally aware about most of the things that came up in the meeting. And so, I have kind of already taken as much evasive action as I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So, do you
0: Do you think what, if you had to look back, what would be... What would change a pre-mortem in your experience so that it wasn't an email, that it couldn't have been an email, like it could have been a meeting? Like, is there is there one thing that you would be like, oh, I would definitely change the way that it's run with paper tigers or whatever? Like, do you have a thought on that? Or do you think 100%, yo, I'll email you my elephant out of here. I'm done.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think... One thing you could do is like think about like the structure of the meeting and like if there's any pre-work that you can do to like think about these problems as you're working, like as you're going and not have to like come to alignment about like what those things are. Like if you already have this kind of list that's ready to go, then you can probably have a very short and focused discussion about like what they are rather than going through a highly structured one hour meeting where you're doing ideation and sharing and blah blah blah. Like it could be good just to build into like a, a regular drumbeat of progress.
1: Right. And then I wonder if having that additional like rhythm folded in will help to build that psychological safety among team members and across team members that google told us is so important right i'm sure y'all have heard about the aristotle project Uh, oh
3: yeah enlighten me we did an episode on uh, psychological safety many moons ago i believe yeah
0: you
1: have probably talked about it and if someone hasn't talked about it they've probably heard about it but Basically the idea is Google did this research and they found that there are these core tenants that uh, lead to successful development teams. And I think number one is in fact, psychological safety. And um, the reason I was just going to say the reason that it's called the Aristotle project too, is this idea of the whole being greater than the sum of its parts, which is pretty compelling.
3: Yeah. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Like if people are bringing up problems as they see them which is like a value of agile in general like kind of emerging the problems earlier and and dealing with them before something goes wrong then you can imagine that the team has more ownership over it rather than like the individual if there does have to be a post-mortem then you know there's not a single person you can really throw under the bus it's a whole team yeah. just throw the whole team well, the and you know, get into there <laughs> perhaps
1: it's also like we've broken the ice on these issues they've already been talked about therefore like the path has been made for us to talk about them again as we see them as we're building things
3: yeah yeah totally yeah yeah i do remember really enjoying talking about psychological safety and if you want to dig more into that i check my tattoos it is episode number thirty one. Bro, are you oh. like are you cut. growing skin, man? That's so many <laughs> episodes, bro. How did you do that? <laughs> okay. Very fine. Print. You, gotta,
0: you, gotta, you gotta get okay. very, very fine print,
3: very, very tiny, tiny yeah, things. Yeah. It's getting smaller as it goes down. It's like a Star Wars troll.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so 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 the idea of having if if a team has psychological safety, these meetings well, I guess yeah I guess the question is how often do you run a pre-mortem, right? Like do you uh William mentioned before like he's he's done it at, a, at the time of a major release, and I'm curious, you know, if you're not doing major releases as often right because they're major, so chances are it's going to be more time being passed in. you may not run these pre-mortems as often to be able to gain the psychological safety and the benefits that of a pre-mortem has when you when you have the safety to do so. Would one suggest to have it often, more often than a uh, major release? I guess is a question that I have in mind. Because it seems like a great way to build psychological safety with your teammates to ensure that everyone feels comfortable calling out problems that exist in the application, right? Because people just be like, "Yo, Mike, that's not a problem, bro. Like, we we can fix it. We'll fix it." That's the elephant. We
1: don't we don't talk about the elephant.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, don't, don't worry about it. It's always been like that. Right, oh like
1: no no there. no! There's no elephant there. You just yeah. just look over here.
0: <laughs> You're looking at the wrong place. Like solipsism.
1: Idea being like what you can't see doesn't exist. But but yeah no, I take your point. Like I I think wouldn't it be interesting? For instance, if we had like a pre-tro instead of a retro at the beginning of every sprint. What if we put a a pre-mortem. <laughs> <laughs>
0: a pre, a
3: pre-tro. oh yeah yeah i mean that that's totally a thing i don't know if we've done an episode on this specifically but there's the idea of like a future perspective oh yeah so that you're looking yeah. you're looking ahead
1: much better word than uh, pretro thank you for, for, <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah yeah like we the one we talked about last time about the uh hero's journey mm-hmm. or the sailboat future perspective
0: yes yeah, so the so Premortems are a thing that we've all learned and dived into. I know William earlier mentioned, you know, everything could have been an email for premortem as a probably a con or a negative to a premortem. Is there anything else we could think about right now that could affect the team negatively when we have such a meeting like this?
1: Something that occurred to me, I was wondering if maybe having a, a ceremony like this, a ritual like this, talking about potential threats. Could it maybe make us more afraid than we need to be? For instance, will we start seeing tigers in shadows? Will we start seeing beasts where there are none? What do y'all think about that?
0: I live with uh, super high anxiety, so it'll only give me more anxiety as I'm working. <laughs> Going to feed right
1: into it, right? Go feed it's just right into perpetuate it, yes, perpetuate that culture of fear. <laughs> <laughs> Could it? <laughs>
3: yeah i mean like there there are a lot of anti-patterns i guess that could could happen with like retros and other other tools like that too i guess like the specific problem that you're talking about is imagining like that everything is a tiger when it's really more of a paper tiger like kind of like the performance thing where it's like oh we definitely need to worry about performance and then i mean i guess like you you do have to close the loop somehow and like see which of your fears were valid and call yourself out at the end.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, absolutely. And then maybe hopefully like flip it a little bit too so that you've talked about all these potential risks and then you also kind of like maybe have to do a rah-rah again after that, right? Because if I went <laughs> straight into try to develop about talking after talking about all of the tigers and the hippos and the bears, oh my, then I think I might feel rather inhibited uh, to, to really to really write and really create. You know, if I was in that mindset, so it might need an additional shift, perhaps.
3: <laughs> what could go right? What, what could go what right? Little... Let's
1: envision this going very well. <laughs>
3: Yeah. What are the what are the wonderful things we'll find
0: on this journey? Yes. Yeah. As William pointed out earlier, having the meeting and it could have been an email, I would also probably need William to call me down and say, not everything's a tiger, Mike. Like you need to chill. There's a paper tiger <laughs> out here. That's that's nothing to worry about, because I would definitely feed all the tigers in all of these meetings for sure. And we'll definitely need help to be talked down in a lot of these issues that may come up in a pre-mortem. I don't know, William. I think I might be excited if I ever get a chance to run in a pre-mortem. I'll have to let you know whether it could have been an email. I mean, I I imagine that it might be, but meetings are... I enjoy them from time to time, especially a new one like this.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Fickle beasts.
0: Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now, however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.